0: Welcome to episode 95 of the Push to Shout podcast. We're going to talk about some video games. We're going to talk about some movies. We're going to talk about some television shows. Printed media. You're uh, even wearing a video uh, game Mosaics. Shirt. This is my gamer shirt. Proves I'm a gamer. Uh, we're all gamers, and we're happy to be gaming on it's this. An inside
1: joke, though. You won't get it unless you've played a certain game. Can you uh, guess? Maybe? Some of you might know yeah. it.
0: Yes, Overwatch. Very good. Nope. Yeah. And the sacred week, the turkey week. I don't know about you, man, but this is my favorite Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday. It's mine.
1: You. It's mine as well. I love to be thankful. It's,
0: Christmas is, it's pretty pretty good. I give a good solid thumbs as an up. An don't have to buy Christmas. presents for other people. Right, kind of
1: puts a damper on Christmas.
0: Thanksgiving though, it's just all take take take. It's all about me. Exactly. Which I like. If you
1: can't cook. Nobody wants you to cook. You're exactly.
0: To you get a free pass just by being uh, gluttonous and incompetent which is yes. a, a, always good holiday spirit going on. Welcome to Push to Shout. Um, I don't know, man. I've been playing a video game or two. Have you? I've been watching a movie or two. I don't know about you.
1: I've played a couple. Watched.
0: I saw I a movie know, called Arrival.
1: Talk about it. Oh, okay.
0: Uh, it was really good. It's, it's right here. a movie about aliens coming to Earth. It's as simple as... It should be. Aliens come to Earth.
1: I didn't know that's what it was about.
0: Their intentions aren't clear. They're just kind of sitting just, there.
1: I thought it was just people on a space station.
0: Oh, no. Not at all.
1: It, it happens. Okay. The movie
0: happens on Earth. So the alien maybe ships...
1: I saw, maybe I saw a trailer to another movie. <laughs> maybe. I don't,
0: I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, all right. But they come to Earth, and they just kind of hover over the ground. And they don't do anything. And each of these, they land in different parts of the world. So one of them is in Montana, and that's where our movie takes place, mostly. And then, like, one lands in China, and one in, like, Salvador, and just all these different places on the Earth. And then they discover a countdown that's
1: being transmitted around the globe. No, they
0: don't. Um, Instead, each one of the ships has, like, this little shaft that leads up, and then gravity, like, turns... It's very cool, a uh, visual. I mean, like, that's... They they are lifted up into the shaft that opens, like, once every 18 hours or something to, like, stabilize the atmosphere. I mean, that's, a
1: really, that's a really uh, classic trope of UFOs, right? Yeah, yeah, but, the like... well,
0: beam. Well, there's, it's not a beam. It's just, like, a... It's nothing. It's just air. So they lift them up, like, with a scissor lift, and then they're able to just step, like, onto the ceiling right Let's off see. the lift. It's really cool. And... It's a long hallway at that point, even though it's a complete vertical shaft. And at the Uh, end of the hallway is just a glass window.
1: And they use a scissor lift? That's pretty low-tech.
2: someone in the chat hold on someone in
1: the chat said your mic's dead <clears throat> I can hear you fine I can hear you fine
0: you're dead to me
1: everyone's making fun of us in chat
0: are they really? I'm,
1: so I'm seeing the levels
0: I'm seeing the levels right here
1: I don't know what to tell you
0: these, these idiots these no good losers
1: I'm not muted but you are
0: are you kidding me? no 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 this, this isn't real this This is false. You can
1: only hear me, but all I'm getting is denial. Everyone's making fun of us. First stage of grief. Are they really? I can. I can hear myself. I'm seeing. Not even trying. I just. Oh my god. He's just getting angry.
0: You know, somebody needs to hurt you bad.
1: Now he's taking it out on me, and it's not my fault. I don't broadcast these podcasts. It's back. It's good. You fixed it. You fixed it. (laughs) Well, good job. Continue talking about the aliens. (laughs) Thank <laughs> But that's what made uh uh district 9 so good it sounds like a pretty similar concept district 9 where it's like a realistic portrayal of alien of aliens coming to earth and it's like really relatively down to earth with that kind of concept i i i like the idea of taking those kind of like cliche genre-defining, almost, uh, concepts and kind of making something smaller-scale with it. Yeah.
0: It's good shit. And it definitely pays off. The movie is paced, like, not slowly, but it gives you time. It doesn't rush past points that really do need to be explained, because they're trying to communicate with creatures that don't at all speak the same language or even write the same way, and so they have to play, like, a game of Recognize, like matching visual things to the symbols that they write mm-hmm. on the glass. and They spend the, the detail, and uh, they give the academic language expert time to actually break it down and explain what's going on and uh, how we, we would communicate the idea of a question and what order they speak in and how their grammar works. Like it's all They get into all that, which is exactly cool. what you would want a movie like that to do. So yeah. I recommend that. Uh, how about sweet. you? Before we get to the, the juicy, meaty video games. Um,
1: you... I mean, I, uh, there was the latest episode of Westworld, which I don't really want to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about I it. I didn't after the see it, so we probably oh, okay. shouldn't, talk we shouldn't talk about it. Definitely shouldn't talk about it. It's losing me. I'll say that. Really? It's me. Oh, yeah. No. But I don't think that's the popular opinion. I think I'm in the minority. Um, but it's losing me. Mm. But anyway, uh, other than that i can't really think of anything i've watched really um oh i did see the new uh the new series on on amazon the uh grand tour which is the top gear presenters after jeremy carson got fired for punching a producer is amazon that what he got fired, fired for yes. yes whoa i did not know that yeah it's it's a pretty bizarre story um but anyway, he got fired from the BBC. And so Amazon was like, well, fuck, we'll we'll hire him. And then and then his and then his co-hosts were like, Well, we can't do this without Jeremy Carson. So they went with him. And uh and so they basically made top gear on Amazon. <laughs> and uh and there's like they're really self-referential about it in the first episode. Like it starts with him walking out of the BBC offices and flying to Los Angeles to go host this new show and stuff. And um it, it's good, it's more top gear. If you like top gear. Uh, The show seems like more of that with potentially like an even higher budget, maybe Uh, kind of the same looking.
0: It sounds like something Amazon would pony up for.
1: Yeah. And and part of the appeal of Top Gear is that they have really, really skilled editors and cinematographers and like everything that they film is just like super sleek and well done. and, And it's just like. A, a really well put together package, and and I think that they've hired up, I, I'm not sure about this, but I'm. it seems like they've hired up all the people that did Top Gear, um, like, behind the scenes, because it has the, a very similar feel to the, uh, to the Vignettes, Vignettes <laughs> to the segments. Show. What,
0: what, what did I just experience there? Right there. Okay. Uh,
1: I'll
0: let it slide. Yeah. That didn't <laughs> um, happen.
1: But yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. Uh... And other than that, I haven't really watched anything, I don't think. I can't think of anything at the moment. Uh, but I have played some video games.
0: So have I. am excited to talk about it. You go ahead. No, no. No, 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 I, I insist. insist. Sir, good sir. I, I, that, de- Duff, my... I want to
1: talk about Steep. Activity,
0: sir. Okay, what's that?
1: Did you play any of Steep's open beta?
0: I don't know what it is.
1: Uh, it was shown at E3. It was, uh... Uh, an extreme snow sport game by Ubisoft
2: How do you, spell you snowboard,
1: it? you ski like S-T-E-E-P, S-T-E-E-P slope. like a okay. steep slope you snowboard, you ski you, you wingsuit, and you paraglide um is the
0: concept. wingsuit on the level of uh, Just, Just Calls
1: kind of no <laughs> okay uh, no, it isn't. I mean, it's obviously going for a completely different thing. Like Just Cause 3 doesn't give a shit about realism and is just like you're you're pulling yourself along with the grappling hook. And this is trying to like at least simulate the experience of wingsuiting, where like you're, there's no ridiculous physics involved. Uh, but it's not as fun to me. I, the wingsuiting is definitely the best part of the game, but it's a little bit shallow and just yeah. Um. And then the the snowboarding and skiing are basically the same uh they might as well be the exact same activity there's not a a, a huge difference between how they feel uh and they kind of try to mix what it feels like with this game is that they tried to make skate 3 the snowboarding game they tried to make a, a skateboarding game a snowboarding game and they tried to stray away from like the style of ssx tricky where you get like just totally ridiculous stuff happening um, they kind of like, I wouldn't call it simulator, but it's but it's realistic, okay. And, and I think that that's the greatest detriment to this game is is their strive their, they try to strive for realism, but they also like don't go all the way with it. And especially, and when they don't go all the way with it, they they neglect realism in places where you don't care that they neglect realism and they try to go for realism in places where you go. Well, shit. I'd rather be less realistic. Um, for example, this is the worst part of the game to me. Go off a of jump in a snowboard. If you go off of any kind of large jump, when you land, it'll have like it'll measure how many g forces you you have when you land. Mm-hmm. And if they exceed a certain value, it'll tick off of a meter. So like if you get a real hard landing, that meter will go like all the way down. And if it goes all the way down, you fall over. Um, if you get a a, a, a a small hard landing, it'll go down a quarter maybe, but then if you do it again, it'll go down another quarter, and then you have to wait for it to recharge before going off another big jump, or maybe it'll or maybe it'll use up all the meter, which isn't realistic. I, that I I I don't know what that's simulating exactly, like the meter That thing, seems like, to
0: simulate realistic snowboarding or whatever you're doing in like.
2: I mean, I understand. It, it that replicates say, it like,
0: in that you can't do jump after jump after jump and just keep standing. But, but why it's, jump
1: after jump after jump? Like, I can understand, like, if it was like, okay, no, you've fallen too far for this jump, so you've hurt right, yourself. Right. But not like, okay, you've fallen a little bit too far on this one. Now you can't go even a tiny bit off of this one, or you'll lose the rest of the meter that you have. Right. Like, it's limiting
0: your... you in the worst kind of way because if you were skilled enough at the game then there might be some difficult jumps to land. I don't know if you have to angle the, you know, your, yeah, the some, landing that you stick or,
1: where, Yeah, there's some mechanic where you try to land in a smooth way. Right, so
0: ideally, if you were doing that perfectly, then you would want to just be able to keep doing crazy jumps. And you would have exactly. to make sure you're making the decisions that don't have you jumping too far. Mm-hmm. But if you're playing tightly and without any mistakes, then you should be fluidly just jumping around as much as you want. And yeah. you can't do that in real life. So it is limiting you to more realistic standards that way, but for the worst reason. Like it's I only guess. because I mean, maybe like
1: maybe it's trying to, to simulate like stamina or something. I don't I I just don't understand like in real life you go off a big jump, why do you have to take a fifteen second break before going after over another big jump? I get I, I I just don't get it and well your and... legs
0: become jelly at some
1: point. Yeah, sure sure, I guess, but Basically, effectively, what it, what happens is you have to sit there and you have to think like, okay, here comes a big jump. I can go over this one, uh, but it's going to mean that I have to kind of take a break or I have to go over a series of much smaller ones uh. to build up my meter again before I go over another big jump. And I guess that's kind of like a mechanic that they're going for, but it isn't very much fun. Instead, it's just it just feels like it's restricting you where you don't want to be rest- – like the whole thing feels like the appeal of it is is that you're – you're freely going down this huge open world series of mountains. Like, it's a whole mountain range that you have. And so you have the freedom to go anywhere you want, do anything you want, go over any of these jumps, and it and it populates the world really nicely with a lot of options and everything. But then you have to sit there and think the whole time, like, well, I don't know, if I, if I go over this big one, I might get a lot of points for a cool move, but then I'm not going to have an ability to do another one for a few seconds, so maybe I'll go over the smaller one instead. And it just that's not very much fun to me. Um, I don't. I don't understand it. And then, on its face, the snowboarding and skiing just doesn't feel great to me. It's not terrible, but it's it's really lackluster. Are you playing
0: with um, a controller?
1: You have to. I, oh, okay. You, it has mouse and keyboard controls. It sounds like that would tell be you, miserable. Let me tell you a, a few of them. Um, i'm not positive that this i think it was snowboarding that this applies to but it might have been wingsuiting a, a, with a similar layout but for snowboarding you use wasd which is already kind of bad because you need you need precise inputs yeah. and and you know obviously that doesn't work very well but then like w- when you go off a jump and you want to like spin or if you want to like uh right thumbstick to do a lot of moves and stuff in the game and the, with the controller and the keyboard, the keys that they assign to that kind of stuff is like stuff like J and K and oh, L. That's gross. <laughs> and so you're either... And you look around with the mouse. Over there, and uh, you, do, you do use your mouse keys, mouse buttons for stuff. So you have to... No oh, jeez. And there's no free look, which is one of my other biggest complaints, where it's like, Hi. if I'm wingsuiting around, I want to look around, but it just doesn't let you with mouse and keyboard or controller. What uh, do you have to
0: look at? Just straight down?
1: Stri- yeah, the the ass of your character, and, which is another issue with the game, which is that it puts the character right in the center of the screen, where you can't actually see where you're going, and that this is the worst with wingsuiting, where it it just like you the 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 field of view is not or not the field of view, but the perspective is not ideal, and there's a first person mode, but it's a GoPro sponsored first person mode where it actually simulates a GoPro. It says GoPro. Kind of a, Does it say, say GoPro? Yeah. Oh. yeah. And I'll actually say like it's actually kind of a cool effect. Like it actually looks and sounds like a GoPro. Like you know that that kind of tinny sound yeah. of a GoPro where like stuff's like hitting it and it's rattling. They Does simulate that, that which oh. is actually kind of neat. But uh, but it's not like it's not playable. Like you don't don't play in that mode. You would throw up. Uh, and so yeah, I I want a good first person. I want to be able to look around, and it doesn't let you do either of those. Uh, It's just not great and then the parasailing i haven't talked about parasailing because there's nothing to talk about you 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 choose the parasailing mode and your guy gets a parachute and he kind of can go up the mountain a little bit like by getting like updrafts but it's really slow and boring and there's also no free look so what the fuck are you doing it's terrible uh and the worst thing about the game to me is that you have this opportunity, and I thought that this is what they were pitching with the game with. You've got these huge mountains with these crazy jumps that you can go off of and stuff. Mm-hmm. Big open world. You've got wingsuits and snowboards and skis, but what you can't do is, for example, go off a really cool huge jump in your snowboard, kick it off, and wingsuit down the fucking mountain like, you, like a That bat. would be wild. That would be amazing. And they don't let you do it. In fact, you have to completely stop your character 100% to switch what you're doing. Uh, And if you switch to wingsuiting, like, you have to switch to wingsuiting and then you can't move. If you move, you jump. Like, it's the jump for the wingsuit. So, like, you have to position yourself at at a ledge and then select the wingsuit and then jump. You can't, like, it's just janky and weird and, and it's such a missed opportunity because it would be fucking amazing to go... Even if, even just let you parachute away, like, oh shit, I went off way too big of a jump on my snowboard. Let me parachute.
0: That would be also doesn't very even cool. let you do
1: that. Uh...
0: There, there would be so much you could do with this game if it was just like an open uh, mountain. Simulator with these yeah. mechanics where you can switch your team at any time Maybe have a just cause grapple hook to the top of the mountain when you get to the bottom
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is like there's so much potential and like it's got this seamless map where you press the map button And it zooms out and you can zoom all the way in and like if there's someone going down the mountain You could zoom all the way in on them from the cool. map and see like a 3d view of them And you can move the camera around and stuff and it's really well done. And it's really cool but, like, okay, you've got that ability, and then and then it'll, it'll like, point out places while you're snowboarding. It'll point out places where, like, oh, here's a challenge, here's a challenge, and if you physically go to that location, then you can start it. Or you can go to the map screen and you can teleport to that location. It'd be cool if you could teleport to that location without going to the map screen. Like, you've got binoculars. You, if you could look through the binoculars and look at that location and say, I want to go there, that would be pretty neat. And it seems like the engine would support it because it's all seamless. But you can't. Uh, I don't know, man. That game sucks. It, it sucks. It, it, it could. It sucks. Don't buy that the game. game. Don't sucks. get that game. I mean, it's a full okay. price game with very oh, little oh, it's sixty dollars. Yeah, a, a very Jeez. little content and 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 very shallow. And one of its four game modes is to me completely boring, no redeemable value whatsoever. And then two of its two of its three remaining Which game is modes that? are basically the same. The, the no one that's irredeemable is the is the parasailing one, which just like I don't oh. see any reason to play that one. There's literally no reason to play it. Um, so yeah, fuck that game. I don't know, man. I it it just ruins so much good potential. And and uh, you'd have to be insane to buy it at full price unless you're just like craving craving some kind of snowboarding game. I mean, it it, it gets by as a snowboarding game, but only just.
0: Okay. Um, All right. Maybe it's a sale game. Twenty bucks. I, it, if it was
1: 15. 20 bucks. Sure, if you have friends to play with, can only play with three other friends at a time. Uh, but That's it is fun. Weird. But it is fun to team up with people and go down the mountain together. That's fun. Okay. Right. Um, I I don't want to act like the game is just irredeemable. I, there there's fun aspects to it, but it's it is it, Your is, it score is, is redeemable, so but sucks. It's it's just. I mean it just. It makes me angry because it, because it has so much potential and it doesn't live up to it at all. Calm
0: uh, down. My friend, calm <coughs> down.
1: Also, it's a Ubisoft game. That so is true. All the baggage that comes with it being a Ubisoft game, which you should know about if you listen to this podcast, you play in particular, it all comes with this game. If you violence you play or not. really
0: managed the impossible right when Origin was the shoe in, <laughs> the front runner for the new games Ooh. for Windows Live. They really broke their way into that market, and yeah, you know, and really EA won has made the day Origin there.
1: a totally functioning thing. It, it works. I don't. I wish it didn't exist, but yeah, it works. Yeah, plays
0: the dark horse, the the yep. trump of gaming. You, I
1: mean, Ubisoft has really come in in every single way that EA was a bad, had a bad reputation. Yeah, Ubisoft have... came in and said, "No, no, we can do that too." Also, EA said, "Well, fine, you do it, and we'll go be less bad." Now. We can
0: we can <laughs> annualize our franchises more. Yeah, uh, we can shovel more crap out. I think yep. they do make just more of the not that Steep is one of them, but these open world games that are all exactly the same.
1: Yes. Ta- you climb a tower, you'll reveal the map. Yeah.
0: yeah. And there's like two or three a year in different series that they have. Yeah, and it's...
1: Steep is almost like that too. Like Steep is kind of feels like that sometimes, but it's not it's not it's not really that from open, Still though, um... Steep
0: seems like something that Would be a creative thing for them to do with their open world tech sensibility that they have. I mean, you could make a huge fishing game where you have this massive lake and mountain area, and or any kind of outdoor activity that you know you would want a massive amount of space for. If if Ubisoft Ubisoft could probably pull it off, but they'd have to do it right. Ubisoft is
1: smart, which I don't think they are. Uh, they kind of do what EA is doing, which is develop an engine that works across a wide variety of your game of your products that you're trying uh, to like analyze. Uh, yeah, and and develop and develop an open world engine that supports your Far Cries and your Watchdogs and your Assassin's Creeds, and uh, make it really really good and make it upgradable. And that's hard. The ability, <laughs> and then you have the ability to come out with uh, as many of that kind of game as you want and make them decent and uh instead you have a wide variety of shitty engines uh and a service that doesn't work to to provide them on and 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 you let your developers make the same game over and over and over and eventually there's pushback they're feeling that now really hard and 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 they actually came out i think this morning they came out and one of the uh pr guys said hey we learned from siege that you know we don't we shouldn't hold back the full game behind behind DLC. like We're not going to be selling portions of our game off in DLC because uh, our fan base doesn't like it. And so we're going to... When you buy one of our products, you're getting the full product. And I don't know if they mean it or not. They probably don't. They're just doing PR bullshit. Um, also, that's not necessarily even true in the case of Siege, which is the example they gave of it working uh, because Siege prices its operators that are the DLC operators so far out of... It takes probably, I want to say, multiple dozens of hours to unlock a single operator in Siege. And there are like eight of them, eight DLC ones. Gotcha. I think there's eight. Um, I just unlocked my first, and I think I've got over 60 hours in Siege at least. Um, now, now I only unlocked my first because I had to unlock all the ones before it and all the weapon attachments that I wanted before it. and I wanted the weapon attachments for all the operators because I wanted all the I wanted the option to play them all um, with the best tech possible or whatever. But like so I used up a lot of my currency that I could save up to buy the operator. But basically, that's it. Like if you want the base level operators with the base level attachments that you want, like red dot sites and that kind of shit, to unlock a new operator, takes probably about 60 hours. Um, and, and there's eight of them.
0: And all that crap is here to stay, and I know that. But it really does kind of make me miss the days where... It was still bad, but when progression and unlocking weapons and armor attachments, things like that in Call of Duty, was only tied Dude, to the I, amount of time that, that you sink into
1: the game. I liked that in Call of Duty. Yeah, Because at least... that, that did was it restricted you to playing with weapons you might not otherwise play with. Yes, That's that's part of what made Prestige actually interesting.
0: Exactly, exactly. It gave people an incentive to keep cycling through, and so not everybody you went up against was using the best weapons at all time. There was no... because the best players would keep prestiging, and, you know, maybe once in a while you'll run into a max prestige player, but really, most people are going to be losing all the weapons that they get. In yeah. Remeno Six, I'm, I'm... there's nothing like that. Once you either pay for an operator or you you know get the credits with your real world cash, so you can get attachments faster or whatever, you have got yeah. them forever. Or if you grind for them, you have them forever. Yeah. So it's I mean it's I don't think one to one comparison because Siege
1: has like for each character it probably has an average of like two weapons that you could choose between. Uh, it's a very simple game in that aspect, but uh, but I will say like the unlockable operators, a couple of them are insanely. To me, this is an opinion because I've seen people express other opinions about this. I've done some reading up on it to see what public opinion is on Siege, and I seem to have a minority one. Uh, But there's one operator in particular. His name's Blackbeard. And you've played Siege. Yeah, You know that basically the primary uh, the most common engagement in that game is someone peeks through a hole or around a corner and they either get shot in the face or they shoot someone else in the face before they can get shot in the face. That's Siege. Yeah. Uh, there is an operator. Let's say, let's, let's act like this is a hypothetical. Okay, hypothetically, right. you release, and, and you know that the current operators are things like, oh, you can blow a hole in the wall so your team can get through, uh, disable electronics, very general stuff that kind of deals with the meta of the game. Let's say hypothetically an operator came out and he had a shield on his gun that covered his entire head. In the direction he was facing. That's, That's really hypothetically. Okay. And it takes several bullets, it's depending on right. the caliber, but always multiple bullets to blow up that shield so that you can hit him in the head.
0: What is it? Just a visor? Hypothetically, it's just a
1: shield. Hypothetically, on the gun. On the gun. And and you get a replacement. So if someone does pepper that shield with ten bullets and blow it up and you survive, you can go back around the corner and put a oh, replacement geez. on it and do it again, hypothetically. Okay. Would you call that a balanced character, one that fits with the, the kind of characters you well, see? Well,
0: I wouldn't, but thankfully we don't live in a world where that's real. So,
1: Oh, I have bad news for you. That is a character that you can unlock. It's a DLC character named Blackbeard, and he costs 25000 renown, which takes 40 hours to get. Or you can buy him with money even though you've already paid so that
0: one operator would take forty hours
1: out. I, that that's what someone said in chat, and that's been my experience. Uh, there's some other operators where they came out and they were overpowered, and then they got nerfed, which is like which a lot of people I've seen on the internet on places like Reddit, a lot of people say that's the developer supporting the game. And, and, and responding to fans and their criticisms. And I say, that's bullshit. That, yeah, you come out with operators that, that are better than the other ones, people buy them, and then you balance them after people buy them because they're way better than everyone else. It, whatever. I've been on a rant about Siege because I've been playing it recently, but like, God, Everybody that game.
0: claims that, oh, the, well, you're just being conspiratorial. But that's true in League of Legends. I've heard when they release oh, yeah. new champions, that they make them overpowered, and then they balance them afterwards when everybody's bottom.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying, like, it's not; it might not always come from Malice, but it is a natural, it, it, it seems natural that that would happen anyway. Like, you come out with a new character, and you're trying to stay balanced, but, you know, your internal right. playtesters might not be as good as the pro scene, or as bad as the casual players at the bottom level, and so, it's the... who knows? people will find a new way to, to use them. But like when you come out with a character that has a fucking shield on the gun in a game where it's mostly people's heads popping through holes and through corners, that's a huge, huge difference in the, in the game. He gets picked, Blackbeard gets picked in every single round by the attacking team. I mean it. In ranked game, you cannot go around without him being picked. They nerfed his gun. They nerfed his automatic gun so that it's no longer like a two-hit body, sh- body kill. It's like a three-hit. But that's all they did in the latest patch. Um, so I, I love that's that right. game. It's so cool that they're trying to, to make something interesting with that game. I, I like the concept of that game and what they're trying to do with it. But their execution of it is a nightmare. I, I, that's another Ubisoft game where it's like, fuck, I'm so, I hate it because it has so much potential. Uh, and they're not living up to it, and I don't think they will either. I, I think it's doomed. Um, so yeah, I mean, there you go. That's my, that's my... I don't remember what led me into that. Oh yeah, Steep led me into that, and then Ubisoft, and then Siege. Yeah. Those are the two that's main incredible. games I've been playing over the last week, probably. Um, have I been playing another game? Well, I think about it, you go ahead and talk about your shit.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> I've been playing an old game. You call this old 2010. Call it New Vegas. Playing it again i would call that old and that's a game well, not new <laughs> it's a game I've played or started four times I've only ever finished it once before now that was right when it came out so I'm not so fresh on it so it's nice to get back into it I don't remember a lot of the stuff or where to go or how it works and this time I made a conscious effort to do a couple things for one, when I first started playing these games, Oblivion was the first, like, Bethesda-style RPG where you pick stats and, uh, that I actually played. And the persuasion system in that game was so fun that ever since then I always leveled speech. Just It was so cool to, like, get around conversations and uh, trick people and, you know, that was really appealing to me. So I would always build speech. First time ever I'm not leveling speech. Um, I am, like, a little bit, but only to just not be a complete knuckle-dragging idiot.
1: In Morrowind, uh, in Morrowind, your speech mechanic, instead of having the mini game, it was a, uh, completely random chance thing. Oh, yeah. And if you failed, their disposition would go down, and it could only go down to zero. And, uh, and so a lot of the speech, like, first of all, to train speech, what you would do is you would open up a dialogue with someone, and you would... Try to persuade them over and over and over and over and over and over and just click, 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 and they would just try over and over and over and every once in a while it would succeed and then you would fail 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 fail, fail <laughs> succeed fail 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 and that was uh th- people complained I'm, the reason I bring that up is because I remember people were complaining about the oblivion uh persuasion mechanic being like kind of janky and weird and and not working great but like that was such a huge improvement. <laughs> that is one thing that I will say is like an objective improvement over Morrowind is like the way that they went with that stuff. I mean, it's, it is goofy, but like they at least tried something. Anyway, go on. Well, sorry. the
0: objective improvement that New Vegas has over any of Bethesda's speech checks is that it's not a random chance whatsoever. It is a, a, a straight up stat check and it tells you what it's checking for. Yeah, You need this level of speech If you're gonna persuade this guy to give you the quest reward, really? No, Fallout Three, it gave you a percent chance based on your stat. Uh, Okay. So you could have 90 speech or something, and you'd be talking to somebody and say, "Oh, you have a 95 percent chance of your speech check passing," and you could fail, or you could level nothing into speech, have like a one percent chance of the speech check passing, and you would get it. And of course, you could quick save, try the speech check. Quick load, try it again. Quick load, try it again. It's just a, it's a shitty system. It sucks. Because yeah. Ve- you could say, oh, we'll just don't do that then. But still, it, it shouldn't work that way. New Vegas, it's just a straight check. You need 60 speech if you want to convince this guy. If you don't have 60 speech, it even gives you like a joke option. And it does this not just mm. for speech, but for every stat check. Like, if you're trying to impress somebody with your knowledge of science, and you don't have any scientific knowledge, then the dialogue you say instead of the, uh, the goes into slot A. Instead, it's just, uh, you put the thingy down by uh, like it has a, a unique option for every failure. <laughs> like, if you're trying mm. to talk shit about medicine that you know nothing about, you'll just a bumbling idiot as well. And they also bring back the uh, Fallout 1 and 2 amazing feature of if you're building low intelligence, then you're actually just retarded. <laughs> uh, did you see the end conversation of Fallout 1 with minimum intelligence? No. Oh, it's great. Because that conversation is is one of the best moments in the whole series when you're confronting the Master and you can convince him that his plan is flawed and he'll accepted. it. It's, it's such a great yeah. branching conversation. But if you have no intelligence, then the only stuff you can say, he like tells you his master plan and then you just say Ugly Me not like. And yeah. that's what all the dialogue is. It's so good. But uh, anyway so I'm not leveling like I normally do. Picking different stats. Uh, energy weapons are cool. Never tried those before. So doing that now, really liking it. The other big difference in my approach this time is more like mental. I've just decided to uh, force, if this sounds reasonable at all, to force myself to be more immersed. Mm. I, I know that doesn't really... It's kind of vague, but it's like a the act of sitting there, making sure there's nothing distracting me, turn off my other monitor, um, and just be in the, the game world and accept what's Going on, really role play, make an effort to role play. Does I mean, that's that what I did sense? with
1: Witcher Three. Like, I was, I wanted to stream Witcher Three really bad when I first played it, and I did stream. It, it really a hurts
0: bit, the experience. But I,
1: but I stopped because I wanted to experience that game like without that distraction. Yeah,
0: and I, I'm sure you really have to to get the most out of these games. I
1: think you do. Yeah.
0: Um. But. I am having more fun with New Vegas than I ever have. I am really excited to be back into this game. And I'm seeing stuff I haven't seen before. And it's just a really comical experience, too. Because... uh, Really, everything that you encounter in that game just reminds you of how bad Bethesda is at making games. Just because it was... I don't want to call what Obsidian did easy, because it definitely took a lot of effort, and they were not given the best tools to work with, <laughs> to put it no. lightly. But it's still it's not like Bethesda has an excuse now. Um, yeah. Not that they ever did, but I mean, you can take that shitty technology and you can make a great game. It's really yeah, just I up mean, to the people. People don't give a shit if your game.
1: game is janky as fuck or even if your engine sucks or if it looks like shit or anything they don't care as long as you make it good if as long as you do as long as you deliver on the promises of the game which is like with the game like that where it's an open world RPG it's like I, I want i want an interesting world that i actually want to discover things about i want good writing and and it sounds to me like obsidian excelled at those two things and just dealt with the rest of it being you know, a Bethesda engine, a Bethesda game, essentially. Um, and yeah, showed them how it's done. I, I I don't know a single Fallout 3 fan or Fallout 4 fan who doesn't like New Vegas. It seems like everyone thinks that New Vegas is kind of the peak of that genre, or that, you know, the, of, of Fallout 3 and Fallout 4. Like, New Vegas, everyone talks about it with, like, some sort of reverence. But... I, you still get Bethesda fans, and I just, I just, God, I've got, I've, i It's pretty remarkable. Bethesda at such great length on this podcast. It's a perspective I, I like don't
0: understand. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I can get why some people might like Bethesda games.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: I really liked Fallout Three. Part of that's just because that was the first time I had played a game like that. I liked Oblivion. But Oblivion was I love that as well, and I can get what's appealing about Bethesda games, but I can't get what makes Bethesda's Fallout's more appealing than New Vegas. Like I don't. Let's take four out of the equation. So four has next gen graphics, yeah, and, and, well and cool, it's actually been pretty
1: universally accepted. I think that four is inferior to three. Story wise, absolutely, I, but yeah, I just it seems like people came away okay, pretty
0: negative so, ta- taking that out of the equation if you compare 3 to f- New Vegas I can't think of what 3 has that New Vegas doesn't or really anything that it does better Yeah. at, at all um, <laughs> I, I, I want to say that the story is more obvious but New Vegas still has a much more immediate goal that doesn't waste as much time like, you, I mean, wake, I don't, you get shot I in the head remember, and then you chase the guy.
1: I hardly remember anything about 3's story. Like, I remember the ending. Because Your it was dad's so
0: Liam Neeson, and um, everything sucks.
1: It just like, yeah, I, it's not like Fallout 3 had a good story. I know that much. and And the ending was especially terrible because it had that thing where you had a companion who was immune to radiation. Yep. That's what happened to me. It's a really easy. They even wrote a piece of dialogue in the game. No, it's your destiny. Happens. I think this is probably the fifth time we brought this up, but it, it 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 is astounding enough that you have you have to keep bringing it up because it's so ridiculous that. You can't send your companion in who's immune to radiation to the little room where it's gonna kill you. So you have to sacrifice yourself. Yeah, it even though breaks, it, makes zero it breaks.
0: It breaks all suspension and disbelief, and it
1: ruins the entire. Like it literally ruins the entire story because it's just it's the it's the climax, the ending, the huge moment, and there's it's not just a plot hole. It's a plot disaster. It's it's it's, it's it, it the is plot just is the, non-existent at that. The point. cherry
0: on top of the lack of consideration. That was put into every, or yeah. rather, not put into everything in the game. Um, meanwhile, New Vegas, it's on par with the old games, and maybe even better. I don't think that the main story is as good as Fallout One, but the side quests are better, um, and the world is more engaging. Just part of that's just being able to see it and walk around in it, and yeah, that's one thing I'll give Bethesda credit for. Is if I think. Obsidian clearly had the handle on the story and the world, and how to put it together, and and how to move and arrange the elements of the Fallout universe to make a great experience RPG-wise, and they knew how to balance the RPG elements. But I don't think if you gave them a bunch of money and said make a, a successor to Fallout that they would make a first-person game. I think they probably would have done it like they've done Pillars of Eternity, and I forget what their new game is, but it's a game like Pillars of Eternity, So I've heard, with that top-down new isometric perspective, where it's much smoother, it's not like a janky Infinity Engine game, but it's still that perspective. I don't think they would have done the first-person thing on their own. I think being forced to use Bethesda's tech actually made for somewhat of a, a happy accident there. Well, the
1: concept of a first-person RPG is awesome. Yeah. It's a great idea. It's just that nobody's executed it well. And Bethesda's basically the only ones who have really even tried. And, and I mean, you've got Deus Ex, which has done a a, a pretty good job at it. I, I like the Deus Ex games a lot, but they're very different. They're hardly even open world. Right. right. Uh, they're hub games. Um, but Bethesda, I mean, the defense that I always see when it's a discussion about Bethesda... And you always also see now, of course, Witcher 3 compared against Skyrim, which I don't think is really a fair comparison. Uh, but the, the, the defense of Bethesda that you always see is they're trying something that nobody else is trying. They're trying to build this huge world where every NPC is unique and uh, it's first person and and all of the objects are actual objects in the world that have physics and you can steal them and and they belong to someone. And there's it's a very... It's far more complicated and intricate than, than than any other RPG. And I think that's true. Um, but I don't first of all, I don't think that's the reason that Bethesda games struggle and that they don't and that they fail ultimately. I don't think that it can be excused in that way because I think the problems that they have are much larger than that and aren't affected by that. But also Right. A lot of the problems stem
0: from the decisions that they make, not the limitations yeah. they face.
1: Yeah, and and, and 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 just and really simple stuff like bad writing and bad voice acting, and uh, yeah, that kind of thing where it's like, no, this isn't this isn't a result of your complicated game. This is just bad. <laughs> um, but 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 also like I I just don't think you're striving to do something like that, and and that's yes, it's a it's a valiant goal, and I really would love more cool games doing that, but they fail and and they've built an engine that doesn't do it well and they're still using that engine and they and they won't let go of some of their kind of to me pointless almost like it's almost like they're they're doing it on principle or where it's like every npc has to be unique except guards because for whatever reason guards don't have to be unique but like
0: well you need to, they need to be expendable
1: but like I don't. I never felt walking around. And here comes the here comes the fucking comparison that I don't think is fair again. But walking around in Novigrad in The Witcher Three, I never felt like oh this is just a big empty shell of a city. It's not. I, I, yeah, that felt I, like a city. It felt like a city, and and there was a lot to do and a lot to and a lot of people to talk to. In fact, I don't know this for a fact, but I would say total. You compare Novigrad to the largest city in Skyrim or something like that, the amount of interactive NPCs are probably the same. Now,
0: okay, this, I've heard, this is total hearsay, but I've heard that the big city in Fallout 4 is done very well, that it's extremely dense, and that there's stuff everywhere to do, and there's not loading screens between the interiors and exteriors, and that they really, really stepped up their game there. That's what I've heard almost universally. Uh, Again, total hearsay, but I've heard that they did a substantially better job on it. I I doubt, though, that it's better than Novigrad.
1: I can work off of not hearsay, because I've played about 10 hours of that game. Uh, Oh. And I I think the main... The main city in Fallout 4, I think, is the baseball stadium city. Diamond City?
0: Yeah, yeah
1: or Diamond something. I've had the and, whole story of that
0: game spoiled for me. Yeah,
1: and and I don't care it's, at this point. it's basically it's basically the same as the uh, uh, whatever that bomb crater city in Nuketown.
0: Oh, in so Potter. I've been told lies then.
1: Yes, you've been told lies. It, okay. it, I think, I'm pretty sure it has a loading screen. It's very small. It's basically the same. Uh, okay. It, it's small, like it's noticeably small to me. You're standing in a baseball stadium, and it's like fucking tiny. And it's based on a real baseball stadium that I know is not tiny. And and it just it that's that's always been really bothersome to me in in Bethesda games. And it's it's compounded in the fact that that Fallout's based on real world locations. Yeah. Where it's like, well, no, this is a baseball stadium. Why does it only take? like 10 seconds for me to walk from like first base to the outfield to the wall of the outfield like like it just doesn't make any sense and it kind of makes me go well what the fuck is this and 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 if maybe if they try to make it stylized like if it was a little more cartoony or something i'm not saying that they should do this but if they want to stick with that kind of scale it only works if you stylize it a little bit if you but they try to but they they kind of go realistic with the the look and the and the atmosphere and the style of it and it just that that bothers me and and like Fallout 4 was especially bad i've been to boston i've been to some of the landmarks that they have and it's like this doesn't work it doesn't the scale is yeah. way off and then bothers that, me
0: definitely that that was true of Fallout 3 as well but in a slightly different way where dc there was there were landmarks from dc yeah. but they weren't in the right places and they it, the scale of it was so weird and connected in these weird ways through the city I think again the heard... only one that does this right is new vegas
1: yeah i i will say before before you go on with new, new vegas I, I think what you have probably heard is that the city as in boston not as in like the town in fallout but like the like city the that it's based of- on boston is much better done than DC is in Fallout 3. And I That's would good. agree with that. DC in Fallout 3 was a series of linear corridors. It was it, it was, was so strange. It was really weird. Bunches of streets were were cut off. You didn't really know what buildings were interval and not. And and it just it didn't To me, like going into the city in, in Fallout 3 was just kind of jarring. It wasn't it wasn't it it was kind of built up and it could have been a really cool moment, but instead it's kind of yeah. It was one weird. of my and, least and, and favorite areas
0: to be in that game was in the yeah. city of DC. And
1: if you're following the main story, it literally sends you down a corridor. Like you can't, which is really weird for a Bethesda game. But um But yeah, Boston is totally open. I mean, pretty much. There's still cutoff areas, I guess. But 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 it's like you you don't feel like being cut off from segments or like thrown down little paths or anything. And and there there is a really cool moment in that game. <laughs> there is a there's a quest in that game that uh i almost feel like it was made by someone rebelling against what i feel like is, has has been a thorn in bethesda games side since oblivion which is quest markers because there's a there's a quest in that game where it says you have to find the hideout of whatever so and so the brotherhood or whoever and um and the way to find the hideout is that you follow the, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but there's, a, there's an actual, in Boston, there's like a, a series of four plates now? on the ground. Four, yeah.
0: The Freedom Trail. The
1: Freedom Trail, exactly, yes. And you have to, in the game, you literally have to just follow this trail on the ground, this, this layers of bricks and, and series of plates to find the hideout. And it takes you through different areas of the city. And when you get to it, it goes to all the landmarks because it's actually like supposed to be a historical thing where you're like, it points out the tour destinations and everything. And so you'll get to a big landmark and you can go in there and like, that was awesome. And it was, it was everything that those games should be because it's not, you have to do it on your own. There's no quest marker. I don't remember there being a quest marker. I don't think there doesn't need to be one, certainly because you can literally just follow it on the ground. And, you don't necessarily even have to follow it as long as you come back to it. There's always freedom to go and do your own thing. And, and when it comes across a cool destination, you're like, well, shit, I want to check that out. You can go in and check it out. And uh, and it was just one moment in that game where it was like someone, someone in this th- in this company knows how to make a good quest in this game. And uh, unfortunately, the rest of the game isn't like that. But uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it bringing it back to new vegas just a little bit uh the way it fits into this conversation is boring because it's just it doesn't have these problems it does everything better you yeah. can turn off quest markers and the game works it's just a really, really kind of uh harsh counterpoint to bethesda's efforts in basically every way except polish but that was not there uh Responsibility, really. Yeah, Um, they didn't make the engine. Uh, yeah, just really enjoying getting back into that game, and Bethesda sucks.
2: Yep. All right. There you go. There we go.
0: Other than that, I think I played much. Dishonored two, I did not actually touch again since last time we talked about it. Uh, it kind of. I'll play it gameplay is really good. People still seem pretty positive on that game, but... I don't know what it is! I love the first one! I don't know what... I was really excited for this one, too. I was jazzed. Not so jazzed anymore. And I'm not sure why. Part of it, I think, is the performance. Like, it's chugging at a 45 frames per second rate, and that doesn't feel good. Yeah. Just be even slightly laggy like that. It's more noticeable when you're up close to a PC screen.
1: That's so. what made me fall off of uh, Forza Horizon, which has since been patched apparently and runs much better on the PC. But I haven't picked it back up because I already fell off of it because the performance was shit. Um, That's really that, a big that, deal. That would that would be one of my like talking about like games of the year. That would be one of them, and and the performance held back all the way. Like it, God it's really fucked it up. Um Oh, speaking of game of the year. What's Okay, we've talked about everything. Uh news. Haps. Uh the Is there a hap? There's a couple. Uh the um game awards. You know those? Yes. The, the Jeff Keeley awards. Really I
0: I like them. I like I, I like it's last a year's fun show.
1: And and they've actually made it good instead of fun to watch because it's bad now it's fun to watch because it's actually good and and i mean yes it's still just like a series of of game it's it's a mini e3 because it's like where all the games save their trailers for but like that's what makes it fun whatever um and this year in particular like i don't really care about any of the nominations for the most part uh
0: the award part is an excuse to have new trailers and And i'm totally fine with that
1: like last year, I cared about the award part because I was like, oh, fuck, I really want Witcher 3 to win some awards. And, and like, I, 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 there were a lot of games where I felt really strongly about and, and they had some competition. This year's a pretty weak year. I don't know if you've looked at the lineup. They have a lineup of their nominations, and I realized they're all sequels, and most of them I don't give a shit about.
0: It's hard to repeat a 2015 immediately after.
1: Um, I mean, hell yeah. 2015 was amazing. Uh, it was never going to be as good as 2015. But whew, I just didn't realize, like, going through this year, like, Overwatch <laughs> is, is the game this year. Like, that's it. Everything else is a sequel.
0: Overwatch is definitely the only, like, phenomenon that's yeah. come out this year. And um, it's not
1: even a $60 product. It's a $40 product. That's true. As far as $60... Game releases go. My game of the year would probably be Dark Souls Three, but it's it's the third game, really more like the fifth or sixth game in the series. That it, it, they did a really good one, but it's still just a it's exactly. Just a sequel. It's just a
0: great sequel. It's not yeah. blowing the doors off the series like Bloodborne did with a new I, atmosphere I, or anything. I've it was great just things... the same but better, or yeah, or just maybe not better, but good.
1: It was I, good. Think, I thought it was better, but that's a matter of opinion. But uh, Titanfall 2, I've heard great things about. I've heard it's much better than the first. I've heard it's got this cool single-player campaign. I didn't want to pay $60 for it. I haven't played it yet. Uh, Call of Duty was whatever. Uh, Battlefield was whatever. It's a Battlefield game. Uh,
0: the only major standout is Doom.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Doom is going to be... It's going to... Yeah. All shooters. But Doom... <laughs> Doom is definitely... It's definitely going to win some awards, for sure. I mean, it's got a lot of critical acclaim. That might but, uh, be my
0: game of the year, honestly.
1: I don't think it would be, because I, I just think I, I... I liked Doom, but like I just didn't fall in love with it. Uh, and, and Dark Souls 3, like I got, I got totally into Dark Souls 3. I, I think I, I can't not give Dark Souls 3 my game of the year. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Doom Doom is the standout. That's the game. That's the $60 product. It had a shit multiplayer, though.
0: Who cares? I never played it. Not once. I did Snap Map multiplayer. And that, that I don't know if we talked about before, but that's a real shame how it works. There's like a weird, slight input delay if you're playing multiplayer custom maps on Doom. And Mm. it really breaks the entire mode. Because I totally understand that the... Like, community-made maps using their snap map editor aren't going to be as polished as what's in the main game 99% of the time. But you, you at least want to be able to play it with the same snappy response that the Doom single-player gives you. You want to be able to jump around and immediately shoot people and go into glory kills and get out and jump around. And it, There's this weird sluggishness in the snap map mode, and it seems to be entirely a netcode problem. Like, where everything just feels... I don't know how to describe it other than slow and sticky. And it's just really a that's horrible weird. problem for a game like that to have. Because something like CSGO, which we actually played a little bit of and it was as miserable as I remember. Uh, well, we played like that. casual game. That's of true. It. That's true. And I got enough uh, competitive. <laughs> to eventually. That was
1: a terrible experience. Yes.
0: But at least a game like that where they have the... Um, lag compensation where you don't notice anything on your end being weird with your movement it's just all handled by the server and it adjusts for stuff like that Uh, Doom Snap Map multiplayer does not seem to work that way at all it seems just weirdly disconnected from the inputs you're putting in and what motion happens on the screen it's strange and frustrating Um, but the single player is obviously where it's at
1: Apparently you're having internet issues because the stream is dying. But whatever, we're almost done. Yes. Um. Yeah. I. And and other than that, though, other than Doom, not a whole lot there. Uh, Watchdogs two, another sequel that apparently is much better than the first one. But like, who gives a shit? Um. That. Did you Did you see the thing about Watch Dogs two where they had uncensored genitalia for males and yeah! females? Yeah. Yeah. I game? did hear
0: about that. That cracked that me was up. Weird. Yes.
1: Yeah. Extremely weird. And then, they, and then they went in, they said, well, we'll fix it, we'll fix it, and they fixed it for females, but they left the dicks in.
0: That, it's that just weird. It's just baffling.
1: I don't have anything to say about that. Why was, bother? Why um, bother
0: in the first... Okay. I don't...
1: <laughs> that takes it's time! It's bizarre that that happened. Yeah. And it, and it, like, had to get through, like, the sensors and everything. Like, it's crazy. Uh, but anyway, uh... Uh, oh yeah. Uh, it, 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 it. One thing I wanted to mention is that the Last Guardian. Yeah. When is that release date? Isn't it's it extremely real soon? soon? Yeah, it might be before the next podcast. Uh, December sixth, which will not be before the next podcast, but it is extremely soon. Are Isn't you? That... Are you ready? I am ready.
0: I I was never on the. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna the, have to for ps The hype, hype the train. I was never like, dying for this game to come out, I wasn't really aware of what it was back when they were first showing it, so it's only something I've become familiar with after realizing how amazing Shadow of the Colossus and Micah were years and years later, so yeah. I'm just really excited for it because I've got history to back it up, and it looks fantastic, but there, I'm sure that there are people who have been waiting. Nine ten years? years, 10 years, yeah, yeah. Was it 10 exactly? Much there have Might been be. people waiting a long time for this, and i would just be happy enough to finally hold it. But oh man, it's got a lot to live up to.
1: <laughs> there's like pictures going around of people holding physical copies of it. Like, look, the, the disc is inside the cover, like it's actually. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's it's exciting to see that stuff. I mean, it there's been some people saying, like, hey guys, listen, this is still gonna be. This is probably going to be a 10-year-old game that, that looks nice, but like the mechanics and everything are probably going to be 10 years old. So don't get too excited. But I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, fuck. Shadow of the Colossus is a... It's fine. Um, issues and everything, but like it's totally playable today. Um, it's so not like really that big...
0: makes first-person shooters or something, where the conventions change <laughs> yeah. and update so much. He may... Like, his games all play unique from other games in the industry and from each other. So yeah, I, I, I don't think the datedness of the original idea is going to be a problem at all.
1: I wonder if it will show, though. I wonder if if, like, if if parts of the game will feel dated, like if they're using old assets and stuff, um, like maybe the animations or something. I, I'll, just be, I'll just be interested to see. Um, That'll be interesting to see because they I'm won't... I'm pretty sure it'll be pretty fantastic. They
0: probably won't have scrapped
1: everything. Yeah, they've I mean, had a I had long a time. But... It that looked very similar. I mean, it, uh, yeah, whatever. But uh, we will find um, out. Um, the last week, I was kind of feeling like, well, I just can't even. I wasn't excited at all for it. Like I was just kind of like, whatever. I, I want to play it, but like, it, it's getting a little bit closer, and I'm starting to feel like, okay, no, I'm I'm getting ready for this. Like I'm actually kind of excited. Um, so
0: yeah, that's... I guess
1: I'll buy a PS4. I don't know.
0: You should. And you never played Bloodborne to completion, right? No. You never played its DLC. No. And uh, you've got Until Dawn, if you care or want. You've got
1: yeah. And the Uncharted series, I've never played. Oh, Uncharted,
0: that's good too.
2: Yeah.
1: So I
0: think the PS4 has finally come into its own software-wise, where it would it would be justified to get one. Yeah. Um, unless you were super into the exclusives. Now there there's like an deals. actual. Reason. There
1: better be good deals online. I am I am gonna be spending a lot of money in like the next month, like a whole lot of money. Any will. And so maybe the PS4 will just be like, well, fuck it, whatever. Another three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars, just throw it in. Would the you get bucket. the Pro? I don't think so. I don't have a 4K TV anyway. Although Seems... maybe it's another thing I should just buy.
0: But uh, still, the new games are gonna look better and run better. It's only the old ones that won't.
1: We'll see. We'll see what the deals are like.
0: Yeah, gotta eye up those deals. Gotta get them
1: deals. Black Friday, Tech Tuesday, Cyber Monday.
0: Well, do we have anything else to talk about? No. No? Well, then here's the deal. This is the end of this week's podcast. Sorry for the glitches, but you're probably used to them. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, at this point. Turkey Day is this Thursday. It's part of the fun. It is part of the fun. We got Turkey Day, then we got the chill, the endless night of winter. Paul over all our eyes. Good night.